How to lose a guy in 10 days. Yes. Go. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. E is even more than anyone that you adore and love. Is all that Welcome to How to Lose a Guy in 10 Episodes, the podcast all about how to lose a guy in 10 days, the 2003 rom-com classic. I am one of your hosts, Helen. I am your co-host, Valerie. And joining us from the Kill by Kill podcast, we are very blessed to have with us our friend Gina Radcliffe. Hello. Yay. Yay. Hi, Gina. <laughs> Hi. It, it feels like a movie that should like end at Christmas, like have like a big like reunion at Christmas, but as best as I can tell, it does That's not. That's canon for me, though, now, just starting now. Um, it must be somebody's <laughs> Christmas tradition to watch this, right? Some sad person. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. No offense if that's you, listener. Um, so if you're not familiar with what we do on this show, uh, and we only barely are, this is the show in which you have some hosts and a guest break down a particular 11 minute and 33, no, wait, yes, 11 minute and 33 <laughs> second segment of the excellent How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Um, this is episode three. We're covering uh, from 23 minutes and seven seconds to 34 minutes and 39 seconds. If you're following along, and why wouldn't or would you be? That's where we are. This is what I call the fun part yeah. of the movie, <laughs> if there is one. <laughs> the fun part of the movie. Um, I also know Gina hasn't seen this movie. I have not. I This was, I, I had asked you before we record if you thought I should watch up to this point or if I should go in cold, you know, only knowing the, the, you know, the barest plot line of it. And you were like, I'm oh, just going <laughs> yeah, cold. Perfect. For, <laughs> like, for okay. your own sake and, and for the do. sake of mankind, just don't ever watch it, I think, is, is, is my advice. Yeah. I, like I said, I I am not sold on figuring it and finding out how the rest of this movie works out after this after this segment. I've got to say, I think it's worth it just for BB Newworth. I know, I do love you. Don't even see her in this section, and she's <laughs> you don't. No, but you do. But you do get to see Catherine Hahn, yes. which who 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 I love, and I would actually would want to see in every romantic comedy. I just think she would exponentially improve even the even the worst ones in the genre. She, she picks up where Judy Greer left off. I'll tell you. And Catherine Hahn and I are best friends. She just doesn't. She has just hasn't been made aware Completely. of it yet. So. It's cool. I love her so much. I just get like it's overwhelmed with emotion when I talk about it. I just love her so much. Um, did you recognize her voice on the phone call, or did you not know until you saw her that Catherine Hahn is there? No, I did not recognize her voice. I, I saw her in the in the office, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, I know her. It's Catherine Hahn. <laughs> see, that's a unique position you're in because you didn't see Catherine Hahn's character introduced in the earlier part of the film. You just hear her on the phone and then see her. <laughs> There's a couple like recognizable people in this, like his, like Matthew McConaughey's coworkers are um, yeah. Adam Gold, Thomas Lennon, Thomas Lennon from yeah. yeah, Thomas Lennon from uh, uh, Reno Nine One One. Uh, Adam Goldberg, who plays a lot of sad sacks. Tony. <laughs> and um, and, and uh, probably would be best known as playing um, 
Private Mellish in in Saving Private Ryan, who gets the most horrific death in the whole in the whole movie. I, I don't know if you've seen Saving Private Ryan, but uh, it's not um, good. I'll, I'll wait till yeah. I'm asked to do it for a podcast. <laughs> yeah, every time I see him now, I just think of that scene. I'm like, oh, he's also the Hebrew <laughs> yeah. hammer. That's what I think of. Yeah, and he's dazed and confused. He kind of plays the same yeah. character in every movie. A little bit, yeah. He he plays like two of the same characters. So he mm-hmm. vacillates back and forth, mm-hmm. and and for 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 my money, like Thomas Lennon and Adam Goldberg are way more my type than Matthew McConaughey. Oh, one hundred percent. But I have Absolutely, like a lot of respect yeah. for Matthew McConaughey as, as an actor, and I, I I do find him very charming. Just yeah. he's just not like someone I want to necessarily bone down with. Yeah. And that's your choice. And I also agree. You might not because he, he's the kind of guy who will put on it's getting hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's romancing music. <laughs> so so we can get into this eleven minutes. I am curious, Gina, what do, what is your understanding of the premise of this movie? Uh well, other than it's another movie in which on the poster Matthew McConaughey is is photographed leaning backwards, which oh, yes. which seems to be a, a, a thing with him <laughs> that I, I don't yep. understand, but but I, I will accept that that this is his you know, kinda like um you know Bruce Willis is often photographed pointing a gun and looking in another direction to where he's pointing his gun. Uh it's just a it's just a, a <laughs> thing that these that these uh that I mean obviously they don't choose the way that they're they're featured on a poster, but for some reason like art directors just say, yeah this is the look we're going to have him kind of leaning back on that his That is an astute observation. Yeah, on, on his, leaning back on his heels in a way that kind of defies gravity a little bit. Um it's a lean machine. Yeah, he's just leaning way back. He he's doing some some Michael Jackson thing going on and, and mm-hmm. I think he does that very same lean in failure. He does. Too. Oh and no, he that does. One, yeah. And there's a yeah. lead, I'm pretty sure there's another one. He just did like a like a, like a rash of these comedies in like the yeah, early yeah. 2000s but from what i understand it has to do with um kate hudson is a a writer i think and she she has some comes up with an idea of how you can make someone want to break up with you in 10 days which i, I don't know that that doesn't seem like a marketable skill but um and then matthew mcconaughey counteracts that with he can make anybody fall in love with him in 10 days which all right, I guess. I mean, again, you yep. know, not not my type, but he's you know, he's charming enough. Uh, but I, and of course, you know, they, I, 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 unbeknownst to each other, apparently, they they test out their theories on each other. That's exactly right. It's like yes. you're there's a scholar. A little... God damn, I'm good. <laughs> there's holy shit. <laughs> there's a little bit more motivation behind behind these uh these gimmicks you know these devices yeah andy's trying um, to make a name for herself at composure magazine so bb newworth will let her write about tajikistan or whatever which she never will do because it's a fashion magazine (laughs) and matthew mcconaughey sorry ben ben barry uh is trying to get the diamond campaign at his advertising company which has been given to the judies who are the female luxury experts so he bet his boss that he could make any woman fall in love with him. They said 10 days because they have some sort of launch party in 10 days. Um, but the real, real sneaky thing is that the Judys had just come from Composure magazine and knew that Andy, Kate Hudson, was doing this article about how to lose a guy in 10 days. And they set it up so that he had Andy as the subject of his bet. So everyone's sneaky. Everyone's yeah. terrible. It's very contrived, but it's a it's a double deception that is not 
uh, uh, unfamiliar to these to this genre. So. Yeah, it's totally plausible. That, that's a, <laughs> I, I I know that uh, you know romantic comedies is the, the you know the thrust of your guys' podcast, but I I, I continue to be stunned at, at how many <laughs> these movies the plot is driven along by people just lying to each oh, other yes. and like oh, yeah. and like not only lying just getting everybody in on it with them and their friends and their co-workers and and somehow or another it still works out in the end and and these yeah. are this is like a scenario that would never work out in real life but yet yeah. there there's so many that 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 is the pivotal aspect is is complete and utter dishonesty for for usually (laughs) nothing more than like they placed a bet with someone which i mean i i don't know i i've never bet over another human being's feelings before i don't know about i don't know about you guys but i mean if i bet on something it's like (laughs) the super bowl it's it's you know it's Mm -hmm. something like that like you know but you I bet you twenty dollars that you know that the you know you can't emotionally destroy this young woman in two weeks. <laughs> Son, you got Yeah, bet, it's, it's almost a hundred percent of all of the all of the films we talk about, and yeah. uh, it's so present that it's. I mean, it's a trope on one of our uh, on our checklist. Yeah, uh, and we hit it. We hit it almost all the time. Our chick flick so. checklist. <laughs> TM. All right, so I mentioned that this eleven minutes is to me the fun part, um, and. That's that's because we've gotten past the slog of introducing the ridiculous premise, and we're before the point where Andy becomes completely unbearable and awful. We're like just on yeah. the be- at the beginning of of their respective being terrible at and with each other. These minutes they're actually being pretty authentically themselves for most of most of the time. Mm-hmm. So we begin where they're on a dinner date, Andy and Ben. Um. I believe she's eating lobster. That's important later, but we won't yeah, touch on that. Are they that. eating lobster or crab legs? I can't remember. It's like she's definitely eating meat. And pay attention, listeners, because that's important for your next eleven minutes. She's yeah. she's got that early she's got that early two thousands like 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 taupe kind of what do they call those straight dresses that were like a thing in the early two thousands? There's like a name for the the cut of it, but I forget. But it's a very very oh. early two thousands Luke. It's 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 very much there with like the long straight hair. Oh yeah, it suits right. her, and she has the eyeliner like all the way around the eyes to make them as small <laughs> as possible, <laughs> so she can just pierce directly into his soul. And she over dinner says, "True or false, all's fair in love and war," and he says in his very Matthew McConaughey way, <laughs> "True." <laughs> And basically, now they've both just agreed to be manipulative at each other and not even realized it. This was the consent. She was asking for his consent, and uh, she got it. Mm -hmm. And when he said, good question, that was him accepting her asking it as consent to also be manipulated. It's a lot of fun, you guys. This is how I've met most (laughs) of my boyfriends. B.B. Newworth has asked me to. I, I was going to say, if only all dates were that straightforward that you, you know what you're getting yeah. into with someone, you know, I mean, just, just you know, yeah. I, I do, the stakes are laid out. I get this. I know what I'm doing. Nothing awkward, especially if you're just trying to get the person to dump you with if, if Andy Anderson has dated in the current time frame. And I don't want to get all preachy about Tinder and whatnot, but it's very, very easy to never hear from someone again. I'm just saying. Yeah. You don't have to work this hard. This was 2003. So, yeah, like the whole thing. I mean, surely people must not have 
you know, been heard back, you know, heard back from someone again. I mean, ghost ghosting isn't that new of a thing, but, but, you know, certainly with, you know, Tinder and Mumble and all making those kinds of things, you know, kind of speeding up the process of going out with people. Yeah. It's, this is a very kind of comes off as a little quaint that you, you have to go out of your way to drive somebody away from you. Yeah. And in order to do this, they have to go on dates like every single day for 10 days straight. But all, So all we see is, is two different dates. So after dinner, they go back to Ben's place. She, <laughs> Andy talks to Michelle on the phone. I think I open some Budweiser. I <laughs> which think is they, uh, probably a bad choice after seafood. I was going to say, if, if, you know, if, you, if, if you're giving you're giving someone a bottle of Budweiser on a date, I'm just pouring it down the toilet and leaving. I mean, good heavens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I won't lie. In 2003, I was married and my husband drank Milwaukee's Best. Uh, and uh, so, I mean. In conclusion, she's no longer married. <laughs> okay, in conclusion, I'm no longer married. <laughs> But yeah, I would probably leave a guy's house if he offered me a Budweiser. I mean, I'd have to take pause at the fact that if I walked into a grown man's house and he has a basketball hoop in his living room, that that would give – and the basketball is is strategically placed in the middle of the living room floor. I'd be like, hmm – you just broke some art art deck's uh, heart. <laughs> I, I don't know if, if, if this is going to work out for me. But, you know, that that's me. I'm not a sporty person, but perhaps Andy is. I, I don't know if that was established yeah. or not. Oh, she is. Oh, okay. Yeah. A little background. She loves the Knicks. Okay. Everyone in rom-coms loves the Knicks. <laughs> you will learn this. And she's this. a cool girl, so obviously she likes sports. Yeah. And she has to pretend not to be a cool girl. Uh, it's sort of annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I would look at you know, I would absolutely look at look at Kate Hudson. I think that is not a cool girl. She must she she <laughs> really needs to work to convince me that she is a cool girl who probably enjoys eating a lot of pizza. Yeah, well, I mean, and she's definitely hair. wearing double stick tape on on that like halter dress. How can she be the cool girl and also be wearing that? <laughs> That's just too much work. Or maybe I'm not a cool girl and I have no idea what that is. Anyway, <laughs> much less about me. Um, so Ben is starting to put on the move. So he's offered her the Budweiser. So obviously she'll fall right on, in love with him. Yeah. Puts on Nelly. Puts on Nelly. Hot yeah. in here. Lights Decides candles. Al Green might be better he's, suited for he's got that, wooing he's got her that massive six CD I mean, changer. Oh, man. That is that is That wealth. was a big deal in 2003. Yeah. Uh, yep. yeah. It just feels like such a long That's time ago. That's why he had to afford Budweiser because he spent all his money on his electronics. <laughs> yeah, what a hi-fi. <laughs> um, but see, it also blows out the candles. And I don't, I guess like that's like slightly leaning too sexual in his mind and she won't fall in love if he has the candles still lit. Right. What's his rationale well, for that? I think it's because he is still in authentic mode and he is attracted to her and he is actually just going through the moves of seducing her and then he has to slow himself down and pull himself back and say, I can't do what Ben Barry would, Benjamin Barry would normally do and I have to play this a different way. So he does like the opposite of what he would normally do, which is put on Al Green and not have candles lit mm-hmm. so. and avoid the bed so andy comes out he's sitting on like the chest of yeah. drawers as she, leans out all, does. <laughs> she leans out all sexy kate hudson style like look at me goldie hans my mom and she's like you know seductively <laughs> sipping her bottle of budweiser both motioning for the other to come towards them and of course he's the man and it's his domain so obviously she comes up and sits by him 
It's a good game of bedroom chicken. Yeah, and they have some good yeah. push-pull with their kissing, not kissing, let's not go too fast. Oh, wait, no, we're kissing again. Oh, no, this is too fast. I think they really do have chemistry, and this is this yeah. eleven yeah, minutes. We're so lucky is is where it shines the most. <laughs> like even when they're actually quote unquote rom com in love toward the end, I still like them the best here because they haven't really lied to each other yet, aside from just their entire motivation for being together. So I guess that's pretty big. So never mind. I hope they both burn in hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. At one point, it gets so hot he throws her down on the bed, and uh, they—I like their 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 ridiculous uh, banter about respect. The oh yeah, they passionately uh, declare their respect <laughs> for each other, and yes. she goes home, but leaves her handbag very intentionally. Oh yeah, the, the um, handbag thing. I mean, they're they're just like 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 uh, Ben and his fr- and his coworkers just looking at this thing like like it was a bloody knife he found on his living room floor. They're 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 kind of puzzled. They they don't want to touch it. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, my my favorite line. Well, because there could be tampons in I it. I was gonna say Gina. they they are like <laughs> he goes on this thing about how you know, a woman keeps her deepest and darkest secrets and that men should never find out. I mean, yes. What do you? Uh, it's her secret source of power. Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned tampons. I mean, what do you carry in your purse? Because I, mean, I carry you know, feminine hygiene products. I don't carry a purse. Because you know, okay, <laughs> I'm a cool girl. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, yeah, I carry a lunchbox. <laughs> you know, exactly. You, Strawberry shortcake. Come you, at you know, me. I occasionally carry you know a package of crackers because you know I, I get hungry. You know, and it's not one of those things that like if, I, if a man saw that I have a package of crackers in my purse, said, "Oh my God, my feminine secrets—they have been infiltrated." But right. Well, I mean, the only reason women have purses is because they don't make pockets in women's pants. Exactly. Exactly. They so want you to buy purses. What do you think we're carrying in there? <laughs> a gimmick. I'm sure there yeah. are some men who really see it as this like mysterious thing, like the woman's restroom. Like they don't know what goes on in there. They can't ask. They daren't turn their face that direction lest they be blinded. So, I don't know. I mean, I really don't think men want to know what's going on in a woman's restroom because I'll tell you, men, it's everything. Anything yeah. that can go on in a woman's restroom goes on in a woman's restroom. We do not. We don't act cool. We do whatever yeah. the fuck we want in a woman's restroom. And it is our safe space. In my purse, in fairness, I do have a lengthy chain, including all of the teeth of my former male conquests, and that probably <laughs> would freak some dudes out. Not the cool ones, but some, like, <laughs> Thayer types, we'll say. So, I get it. So, But they, they know they can't go into the purse. They can't. Oh, you guys... Bef- I know we're I know we're in the office, Ben's office now with Thayer and Tony looking in the purse. Mm-hmm. But before that, there's a really cool scene that I know Helen and I discussed on our on our feature length episode of this show of this movie. Um, the scene where Andy is getting a cab and Ben is saying goodnight to her, oh, and yes. they're both kind of under their breath, um, you know, like, "Oh, you're you are already falling in love with me," and she's like, "I'm going to make you wish you were dead." I think there's a nice reveal that. That was shot in two different states. Oh yeah. <laughs> so like, like one of them is in New York and one of them is like in Canada, and it's really it's just a little fun uh, behind the scenes of that yeah. scene. It, it would have been, been trivia. It would have been much funnier if like his shot was clearly in New York and hers was in in, in Canada, but like you see like you know <laughs> mountains in the background and like there's a snow yeah. on the ground. It's like when did it snow? <laughs> well, now the listeners will always imagine it that way. <laughs> So now we're in Ben's office in some unknown locale. 
Um, and Tony, in order to, I guess, circumvent the societal rule that men cannot look in a purse, whoops, accidentally knocks it over, as Andy intended for them to do, one way or the other. And they discover she has Knicks tickets in there. Courtside. Courtside. Courtside? Something. I, I don't remember them being courtside, actually. But they, they don't make a big deal about the tickets. Yeah. I don't know, like, a girl who's heard of basketball? What? Welcome to Mars! <laughs> yeah, the 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 whole, the the whole you know. I knew they were gonna look in the purse and find the tickets. That that's very. Again, this is a thing in movies in which people seem to be very you know easily, and obviously it's because the screenwriter knows what these characters are gonna do. So somehow, these characters anticipate how other characters are going to react to things. And, and I mean, if I left my purse at someone's house on a date, I would not, I would not assume he was going to look in it. I mean, I, 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 that that seems to me to be a, a, you let alone, well, they're not going to look at it. They're going to knock it over. So everything falls out and they can, they can, you know, and then they can kind of get away with saying that, you know, they didn't mean to find what was in there, but it just happened to fall out of the purse. Like that, that's, Mm -hmm. that shows a sort of like Kreskin level of, of predicting people's behaviors. Well, she's Andy Anderson. She has to know what men are about in order to successfully accomplish and, and her mission. And I feel like really she should be like working with Gorin on 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 the Law and Order Criminal Intent because that's that's <laughs> that is some that is some insanely astute insight that that this this is how they would find the, you know I know how they're going to find the tickets this is how they're going to react to it he's going to be super casual about inviting himself to this basketball game I have this all figured out and it's just like I don't know I don't I don't profess to know how yeah. people are going to react to things it's, it's very it's very strange yeah, I think we all agree she's in the wrong line of work here <laughs> She really is. She she needs to be predicting tomorrow's yeah. winning lottery numbers. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I don't think this would be a chick flick per se if our women protag if our woman protagonist was presuming that men were very complex creatures. <laughs> well, yeah, or of if course. they turned yeah. out to yeah, be yeah. complex. <laughs> Just let you guys know they they never do yep. unless they're James Marsden and then they die. Yeah, that's so. how that goes. And that's <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles, friends. Um, so we jump to. The, the Composure magazine office and Andy is there and just patting herself on the back for all time. Michelle and Jeannie are there. Michelle being Catherine Hahn, Jeannie being Annie Parisi. And um, little, little nugget for y'all. And I know Valerie already knows this. Michelle and Jeannie are the names of the co-authors of the book, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah. Which is absolutely cute, nothing cute. like this movie. It's like a little cartoon doodle book with like captions, basically. Oh yeah, it's cute. It's Gina. You'd probably really enjoy the book because it's it's mocking. You know, it's a uh, yeah. It's the source. It's the, it's the source of this film, and this film definitely just takes it's just just doesn't has its own take on it. Yeah, <laughs> okay. and you can probably <laughs> read it in about good. ten minutes. No joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a coffee table book. Mm-hmm. It's like an airplane tray table book. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's a, it's not hefty enough for the coffee table. Yeah, I was gonna say toilet book, but then I was like, can I say that? It's probably know. small enough to flush down if that's what you're. For. <laughs> well, I was thinking like ten, ten minute read. That's definitely toilet reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> there's our, our hashtag for the episode: toilet reading. <laughs> 
I can believe that Andy didn't have a cell phone in 2003, but how did she get into her apartment if she left her purse? That bends. It it's always all very calculated. Me. She must have had keys tucked under her boob fold. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole Taped thing gives me somewhere. anxiety. I'm not leaving my purse, even with with <laughs> lots of intention and a forethought at a stranger's right. house. <laughs> I mean, I assumed that that was like a stage purse, and she yeah. had that like just as a. Prop. It did look like um, it was only. It did look like it only contained makeup. <laughs> like, yeah. like like makeup yeah. and the and the basketball tickets like there was like no, nothing in there that that she you know could not live without if she wasn't able to get the purse right. back it's a curated purse like an instagram account it's like here's what i want you exactly. to see just a beautiful plate of food just falls out of the purse <laughs> <laughs> but she has her credit cards her keys and her birth control stashed under her i guess three boobs now well we'll work it out <laughs> that's for the subject for another podcast that i'm going to make up later Anyhow, Andy gets 100 roses delivered to her desk. What is it, like 100 times more beautiful than 100 roses? That's exactly it. And she's like, and she's like, and she's like oh, he's in advertising. I'm like, is that supposed to be an endorsement? <laughs> yeah, must I say, like, every line that Ben delivers that feels like a line, which is about 80% of them, is like a better tagline for the Diamond campaign than the one he ultimately pitches. Like... It, at his house, he says, a diamond is no one-night stand before he blows the candles out. And, like, earlier he says, like, diamonds are for everyone, which is a much better tagline than the one that you'll find out in a later episode, friends. <laughs> <laughs> but he plagiarizes it from Andy. Spoiler alert. Yes. So, um, yep, uh, Ben calls Andy. They have um, some more good banter. At They both see every move that the other person is going to make, but with the right amount of lack of vision to see that they're being completely used (laughs) um and michelle and Jeannie are just there to basically say you are so bad about six times in a row Um, (laughs) and thad and tony are there to be like you're so good yeah everyone's complicit (laughs) everywhere um yeah and that's how it's done and so ben says to her on the (laughs) phone denying your subconscious desires is extremely dangerous to your health young lady i but i do like the and that's how it's done it makes me feel better about the preceding conversation, which made me feel <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, and I do, I do feel that they are both being authentic still at this point. Um, they know they're, they know they're setting their traps and everything. Like they're playing off of each other. Yeah, it's super organic, even though it's highly calculated at the same time. It's like, it's like organic milk that also has like omega threes added. You know, I think that's a concept everyone can understand and agrees is a perfect analogy. Let's move on. I, I concur. So we're at the next game. Again, they're having a really good time. They are. And she, and she looks cute. She looks cute as hell wearing her her little basketball shirt. She she looks adorable. Let's all be Kate Hudson just for a minute. Like Andy Warhol said, in the future, everyone will be Kate Hudson for fifteen minutes. <laughs> She's our new uh, Weight Watchers. Uh, what, what are they called? Spokesperson. Spokesperson. Why? Thank you. Yeah, and it's not even Weight Watchers. It's WW. I don't know. Yeah, she's never been above 100 pounds. Nope. I mean, she has her own athletic gear. Yeah. So I don't, I just. Not, does not look, does not look like someone that should be in, uh, endorsing Weight Watchers, though. Let, 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 let's just be, let, let's just well, say that. Well, I just that. don't think that she's ever used Weight Watchers. It doesn't make any sense to me. It doesn't, it doesn't seem 
It seems disingenuous. That's all. All she does in this but movie do is Kate be Hudson. disingenuous. So maybe it's just <laughs> in character. But she's <laughs> acting hell. Well, she's acting in the Weight Watchers commercials, I presume. I guess so. All right. So we're just in the last few minutes and they're having a wonderful time at this basketball game. And there's a minute and nine seconds left on the clock, left in the game. And that's when Andy says, Benny, I'm thirsty. Benny, can... Oh, oh. <laughs> Oh, no, no, no. Wait. Oh, no, the we, kiss we, we cam. We have the Sixpence and the Richer song play. Oh, yeah. Yes, the kiss cam. This is very important because this is also very believable that they put a very attractive couple on the kiss cam. Yeah, that is. <laughs> yep. I, I thought that was real cute yeah, watching the whole kiss cam sequence and the people with the foam finger, like, walloping them from the row behind. Like, that was <laughs> cute. They're cute. I was just getting excited because her asking for the soda is, like, my favorite thing in the entire movie. In fact... I asked our fine producer, Darren, um, if we could have the the scene in the movie where she says, Benny, this isn't diet. And we don't have that moment. We have the moment immediately preceding it. <laughs> where she <laughs> asks. So guys, you, you know what's coming. Yeah, you know I, didn't, coming I didn't want to spoil it, but no I didn't ice. get the bit I wanted, you know. <laughs> in the last minute of the game, she asked for a Coke with no ice. And like... He says there's a minute left and she offers to get it, but she knows men and she knows Ben. Mm-hmm. And ben rhymes with men, so she knows that he's going to offer to go to the concessions and get it. You have, like, the slowest, kindest, older gentleman running the only open concession stand in the entire place. Yeah, I was going to say that the, the least believable part of this whole scene is that with a minute left in the game, the concession stands are still going to be open. Yeah. That's just that, that that's yeah. completely that that's that's completely implausible. Yeah. They 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 shut they okay. shut down they shut down, you know. They shut it down. Right yeah. right right before that right before that that break in the game. Um but he gets her her coke with no ice, which is if you listen closely and I have what she asked for. Um mm-hmm. and he brings he he like it does really feel like a live sporting event feels, especially like the very end of a live sporting event and a bunch of people are on their feet and their arms are all moving and he's like trying to shimmy his way down the road to get back to his seat to get this drink to Andy. And he's also desperately trying to see what's going on. He's super stressed out. And they're both shouting as our 11 minutes and 33 seconds ends. And I, I may have hinted that there was something about diet coming up, but I don't want to. Boiling. Yeah, she's she's already in the scene. She's already kind of turning up the baby voice a little bit, which mm-hmm. which uh, which we we know men just love. Yeah, we, that, that's you know she's she's kind of got that little demanding thing going on, and then you know so I, I guess this is at the point where she's starting to kind of you know put the thumb screws to him a little bit. So mm-hmm. yeah, I like to think of it as they're at the Knicks game, and this is where. The game. Whoa! Oh, swoosh! <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then, oh boy, guys, the next eleven minutes are so much happens. Too it's much happens. I was actually impressed with how much happened in this eleven minutes. They go on two dates and have a full work day. Yeah, like that's a lot. <laughs> they change they locations like four times. <laughs> Women really can't have it all, you guys. And in eleven minutes, they, they don't seconds. actually do anything at their jobs except talk on the phone to each other. But that's all right. See, that seems like a yeah, big you, gig. You, 
who among, that's who among what, us that's has, what life at composure magazine is like. Who, like who among us has not spent half a day at work just talking to people i mean i know i have and i'm not even actually joking about that I, i've probably I've spent just, some <laughs> of my work day talking to you gina <laughs> probably yeah almost certainly yes yeah. my inbox is open <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be part of our plugs we'll give gina's private contact information for anyone who's exactly <laughs> please come come rescue me from the 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 crushing monotony of my day job so i am curious gina what you think might be about to happen next yes that was my next question yes um i mean are we kind of are we gonna get like a montage of them going on like more dates and her just being like you know more oppressively irritating as as as, as it goes on hmm. that's right gina the that- scholar <laughs> Maybe I should be predicting tomorrow's lottery numbers. <laughs> You're the Kate Hudson of psychics. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it's, it's not like it's a, you know, a, 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 a David Lynch movie. I mean, I can kind of see how this, you know, these kind of things you know, play out. So, I mean, and I, oh, I would love to see the David Lynch version of this movie. <laughs> oh yeah. The, the, the nightmare that. ballet sequence later in the third act of the film. <laughs> wow. Is my, I'm, that's, that is, I've made that up. I'm, I'm a liar like point, Andy it, it, Anderson. It's just like some point, like, like halfway through the movie, like Kate Hudson just turns into Julia Roberts and nobody says anything. You know, it's, same, so the same, it's the same character, you know, just as the, the plot continues as if nothing has happened, just nobody comments on it. Oh my gosh. You know, with her in that yellow dress that she does wear eventually in this movie that is on the, the DVD and the poster, she does become a little bit of Julia she Roberts. Does. She is she is kind of an icon in that dress. Yeah. Now I really badly want to write a rom-com like that where maybe just one, maybe multiple characters just change uh, like massively in physical appearance and no one acknowledges it and it's nothing and it's... Like on soap yeah, operas? Like on soap like operas. On yeah. soap opera. Or when you have so like, one... like suddenly like 10 years younger than they were like in the last scene or, or you know, you significantly yeah. taller. Yeah. Or I like... And no one, no one remarks upon it. Everything's fine. <laughs> I also like the theatrical device of having one actor play multiple characters. But then I wonder if it would become like a little bit too meet the clumps or something. <laughs> Which, you know, I would do a rom-com version of that. That might be fun. It's the series of different fake mustaches. Yeah. So, like, yeah, this movie, this movie is heavy-handed in terms of rom-comness. It's just like dripping with with all of the tropes. Uh, and this is like, oh, right, like right before the falling action of the rom-com boom of the '90s and early 2000s. And um, yeah, you know that that post 9/11 like love letter to New York stuff. Mm-hmm. And you're like sassy slash stupid slash oh I don't know helpless best friend types. You've got two of those per protagonist. Um, yeah, and uh, and they work they work for oh, magazine and for an ad agency. That is as yeah. rom com as you can get. And and living in magnificent apartments on yes. that on that on that salary. 
it's keyless entry. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that that was the, uh, yeah the, the alliterative names: Andy Anderson, Benjamin Barry. Yeah, I, I, the, this is the, the the fact that she you know expected to be picked up as a serious journalist. That's like oh, mm. that was a time. <laughs> that was it. So cute. Were we ever so young it's, and it's green? It's as novel as flip phones. <laughs> it's as novel as a sixpence on the richer song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that song really fits right there. But I would I would not expect that in David Lynch's <laughs> version. No. I would love to see his remake. Thankfully. He could make a shot-for-shot remake of this, like, foreboding. I don't know how, but he could do it. Um, He could do it. If he's listening. Davey? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) The job that Andy Anderson has is the job that I wanted, so I get super offended that she (laughs) tries to spin it into something else oh, that's not part of our 11 minutes i'm i'm going off the rail is this like are, is this like one of those uh movies where like the person you know mentions often the job that they have but they're and they're on they're occasionally seen at their job but they're never actually shown doing their job because that's that's like that's that's something's always i always find amusing right. about movies in which yeah. you know the person very much identifies as, as a writer or or like or a very right. specific type of writer like a travel writer or a food writer and they're never shown actually doing the job and and it just feels very random to me i mean obviously she she pitched an idea which that's you know that is obviously a a... she's research she's researching the entire time yeah they're both on the job the (laughs) whole time well we do see scenes (laughs) where we do see scenes where ben is like attempting ad pitches and stuff but none of it feels authentic like i mean i've seen mad men i know how it really works um (laughs) or like i think there's a montage in the beginning of other articles that andy has done because she has this how-to series um yeah i don't know how to get out of a traffic ticket i don't remember i don't remember stuff like that stuff like that listen listen to episode one you guys episode one it's It's a lot of fun um you probably already so, have. Yeah. Chronology is probably important in movies. You know, they could be jumping around like Billy Pilgrim unstuck in time style through this podcast. I That's would not fair. judge anyone for doing anything in any particular way. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I only watched this sequence of this movie and I've already got the whole damn thing figured out. So you can do it, too. Yeah. I, I absolutely have every faith in you. I believe in all I, of you as the audience. I'm talking to the audience. Yeah. yeah, don't have faith in me, but I do have faith in the audience. <laughs> <laughs> what Gina doesn't know is the importance of the card game. Book. Oh God, God, that's the worst scene. No, Ooh, but we don't have to talk about gentlemen. it. That's someone else's job. <laughs> the, the that the the s word part of that word is going to be bleeped out in the final cut of this, and I am excited. Oh, well, I hope so. I'm sorry, guys. I didn't mean to. <laughs> no, <offend>. how licentious. <laughs> um, well, I don't know. I think we did like an episode, y'all. So well, this is an episode. Well, thank you, loser guys, for listening. I'm just gonna coin a, a term for the listeners of this podcast that will never be used again, other than this moment that I just <laughs> said it. Um, Gina, why it. don't you tell us about what what all you have to plug? Uh, I am one of the hosts of the Kill by Kill podcast, a movie a movie a podcast in which we talk about horror movies. According to the characters, we are going to be soon digging into the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, which uh, feature nice. which features none of the people featured in this motion picture. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to see Catherine Hahn in a horror movie, but I want to see Catherine Hahn in everything. Yeah. I, I love her. I love her. I love her so much. My my love is true. Um, I also write about movies and pop culture and old television at my website 
GinaRadcliffe.com, and I am a freelance film reviewer, mostly currently on AlkaHollywood.com, and you can also find me on Twitter under Porcelain72. I, l- I love your pieces. You're right, Gina. You're fabulous. Thank you. Oh, thank you. We should, they should be adapted into a romantic comedy that is absolutely in no way related to them. <laughs> I, I I just want Catherine Hahn to play me, and everything will be fine. That that I that I will have accomplished everything in my life. <laughs> well, you're on record now. So yep. Uh, so Valerie, can you plug our stuff for me and whatever you have? Oh, I can try. I can try. I can try. Helen and I co-host a podcast called Falling in Love Montage. That's yep. a fun acronym for film, <laughs> and also uh, pertinent to the subject matter that we discuss, which is chick flicks in general which is a big it's a big term it's a loaded word it's sometimes uh well considered pretty pretty inflammatory and derogatory but we like to think of it as a a place to start talking about films that are commercially targeted towards women so it's a big broad scope we've actually already talked about how to lose a a guy in 10 days at length in episode 9 all the way back in 2016 (laughs) Literally a different time. And, uh, well, what recently, also, this past May, we uh, mm-hmm. had McConaughey May, which was four consecutive weeks of Matthew McConaughey rom-coms. That would be... How the, wedi- the, the wedding... The wedding, the wedding planner. I want to say the wedding date. The wedding planner. Ghosts of Girlfriends Past. Fool's Gold. And the Oof. one we kind of liked. Uh, failure to launch. I think Ghosts of Girlfriends mm-hmm. Pass is the other movie in which Matthew McConaughey is is featured on the poster, you know, tilting back on his on his heels. Oh yeah. yeah. I think Failure to Launch too. Like definitely leaning safe. way yeah. back in that one. Yeah. Like he's on a dolly. <laughs> <laughs> he's being rolled around a Home Depot. <laughs> and I will say, of all of the McConaughey rom coms I've watched, and I think it's all of them, and I don't really like How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days is probably the second best, in my opinion. <laughs> so. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm in agreement. Yep. I'm in perfect harmony so with that. So you can find Valerie and me in our podcast at fallinginlovemontage.com. Thank you for joining for this 11 minutes. Make sure to join again and stay tuned for the next several 11 minuteses in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. We did it. This is episode three. Of how to we lose a guy in ten episodes. No, nothing but nothing but net. Nothing we got but it. net. <laughs> and no ice. That's Thanks, y'all. Bye. Bye. <laughs>